Who remembers what we covered last week? Or if you have your paper with you, you can just read off of that. What did we cover last week? We went over three spiritual gifts last week. Anybody remember what they were? It was a long week. A lot of time to forget. The first one we went over was evangelist. And then pastors. And then ruling. That's what we covered last week. Now we're going to review those. Now that we remember what they are, let's see if we remember anything about what we went over last week. All right. So what we went over the things that each of these uh, gifts would do, what they would, what you would do if you had uh, some of these gifts. We went over through the Bible what people in the Bible that had these gifts, what they did. Uh, so what are some of the things that an evangelist does? Some of the things we covered last week that an evangelist does. Autumn, your hand shot right up. Oh, <laughs> uh, what'd you say? Yes, preaching. Um, and actually, uh, I have a list of like 13 things here. So as far as preaching goes, I have preaching Jesus, preaching salvation, uh, and preaching the word of God. So uh, all of that is included, preaching salvation, definitely, and preaching out of the word of God uh, to uh, help others just through the word of God as well. Preaching is very much a part of being an evangelist. Anybody remember anything else uh, from last week that an evangelist does? Sandy? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, part of an evangelist has to do with our brothers and sisters in Christ as well, not just reaching the lost, which is very much a part of it, but also uh, reaching our brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, encouraging them, uh, helping them, uh, teaching them the scriptures. Uh, and also, I put on here, recruiting others to serve God. Maybe they've accepted Jesus as their Savior already, but now you're trying to help them get into the service uh, to God. Uh, also, evangelists help churches, not just uh, individual people, but entire churches. Uh, they help strengthen and encourage uh, Christians. And I also have repro- reprove, rebuke, and exhort those all deal with helping uh, the brethren, the, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, that pretty much covers everything for evangelists, I believe. Uh, now, uh, the next one we looked at was pastors. What are the things we covered last week that a pastor would do according to the Bible? Autumn, I was looking at you. I thought you'd be the first one again. <laughs> you say feed? Yeah, feed knowledge. It's a little hard to hear all the way back there. But uh, yeah, feed. Uh, feed the flock. That is very much a part of what a pastor should be doing. Uh, anything else? Anybody remember anything else from that? Sandy again? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. We covered all of that last week. Very good. Um, And then let's see. So feed the flock, which means you lead as a shepherd. I have both of those on here. Uh, And also we covered a little bit. um, We didn't go into very much detail, but uh, a pastor cannot scatter or destroy the flock. Uh, I just thought that that was important to remind us all of that as well. All right. The last one we looked up last week was uh, ruler. 
what does a ruler do? What did we talk about a ruler would be or what, what would they do? Anybody remember? A ruler is trusted with the care of a group of people. Uh, so uh, we read the verse uh, and it talked about how we are to rule. Uh, anybody remember the word rule with what? Diligence. Yes, good. Uh, and diligence we talked about means eagerness, earnestness, and care. That is how we are to rule. So a ruler would be uh, anyone uh, basically over or in charge of any group of people. It could be a teacher. Uh, it could be someone leading devotions. It could be a pastor. Uh, so it could be anyone that's over a group of people. All right, that's our review of last week. So now we're going to get into this week. And pay attention because I'll test you again next week. So, <laughs> Or bring your paper back with you and you have all the answers right there with you each week. So there would be nothing to worry about. All right, we're going to talk about the gift of ministry. The gift of ministry that is found in Romans. Anybody remember the chapter that that would be in? Twelve, yes. You'll, you'll remember by the end because we kind of go over it a lot uh, each week. So Romans chapter 12. And we'll read verses 6 through 7 this morning. Uh, so if you, wanna, if you have your Bible, you want to turn there, Romans chapter 12, and we'll look at verses 6 through 7. It says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Uh, so the we're going to take a biblical look at ministry this morning. And the uh, if you want to give a meaning or a definition to the word ministry according uh, to the Bible here, uh, when you boil it all down, it means to work or to serve. Uh, ministry means to work and specifically serve. A uh, little bit broader or fuller meaning would be to do the work of a servant, to serve others, to help others, to hold a position of leading or teaching others, uh, to help or aid others and, and teach or lead. Uh, that would be a little bit bigger of a definition there for you. Now, this could be someone with a title. It could be a pastor. It could be a deacon. It could be a Sunday school teacher. Uh, so it could be someone with a title, with an office, uh, something along those lines. But you can also do uh, ministry work without a title at all. You don't have to be a pastor or uh, even a Sunday school teacher to be able to do the work of ministry uh, because it's not really about a title. It's about ministering. It's about serving. It's about helping others. It's, it's all about serving and working. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Let me turn there myself. We're going to look at verse 17. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now, this is the disciples here. And there's 11 of them now because they're talking about Judas and how Judas is not part of them anymore. Now, look at verse 21. Wherefore, wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, being beginning from the baptism of John 
unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph and called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest all the heart, the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven. Uh, so we have uh, the disciples here looking for someone to help with the ministry, with the work that they need to do. And there are only 11 of them, as we said, and they're looking to add one to be 12 again. Uh, So what is the work that they're adding this 12th person to help them do? Uh, What are the things that the disciples of Jesus did? Uh, Let's look at Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Uh, so what is one of the things that they did? They preached and teached uh, salvation, uh, or preaching and teaching Jesus with the uh, purpose of salvation. I believe that would be letter A under number 2 for you. Next, let's look at Acts chapter 17, verse 2. It says, Acts 17, 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Uh, so from this verse, we can see that part of the ministry was to teach the Scriptures. Teach the Scriptures. That is probably the two main things that the disciples did, but they also did many other things, and we'll look at some of these. Uh, But they helped believers, they spent time in prayer, they taught in the temple. Uh, These are all things that are part of the gift of ministry and the things that they did. Uh, So let's look at another passage. Uh, Turn to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, we'll look at verses 24 and 25. It says, Whensoever I take my journey... into Spain, I will come unto you. For I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. If first I be somewhat filled with your company, but now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Uh, So Paul specifically says that he wants to minister unto the saints. So part of the ministry can be ministering to the saints, not just reaching the lost. Uh, These are saved people here, believers that he's uh, desiring to reach. Uh, There would be no need for them to get saved again. Uh, So it makes sense that Paul would have something else in mind to minister unto them, something other than preaching the gospel. Uh, We see uh, what Paul desires to do while visiting Rome in Romans chapter 1. So we'll turn there, Romans chapter 1. We'll look at verses 8 through 13. It says, starting in Romans chapter 1, verse 8, 
For I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come unto you, but was hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even among other Gentiles. Uh, So from this passage, we can see some of the things that Paul wishes to do as part of his ministry to uh, the Romans. Uh, So see if you can pick out some of the things that he's wanting to do. Uh, You can focus in verses 9 uh, through 12, and you can kind of pick out some things there uh, that he would do as part of his ministry to them. Yes. Yes, he uh, d- desires to teach to them, and he specifically mentions spiritual gifts. Yes, Steve? Yeah, yeah, he, he wanted to uh, encourage them. He wanted to be encouraged by them. Uh, it was kind of mutual. It went both ways. Anything else? Jamie? Pray for him? Yep. Yeah, in verse 9, I see that he wishes to pray for them. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I kind of grouped that together with the uh, encouragement part of the ministry, but fellowshipping is very important uh, to you know both sides, both Paul and uh, the, the Christians there in Rome. Yes? Uh, that's a good question. I don't have an exact answer to you other than I think he was desiring to teach them, uh, is kind of what he's going for, uh, give them the knowledge that they would need. Um, I can look into more specifics into that at another time. Steve? Yeah, uh, that is... Uh, desire of Paul to to reach the lost, and that would be part of uh, the ministry of reaching the lost. Yeah. Uh, so in this passage, we see that he wants to pray for uh, the brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants to strengthen them. He wants to establish them. Uh, he wants to teach them. Um, he also uh, desires to encourage them and receive encouragement from them, fellowship with them. Uh, all of those things would be part of the ministry. Uh, So on your paper, if you want to fill that out, verse uh, Romans 1, 9, I wrote pray for others. Uh, And then D, Romans 1, 10, and 11, I wrote strengthen, establish, teach. And you can use your own words if you want. I'm just kind of trying to help you out. And then verse 12, letter E there, encourage others or fellowship with them.
we can see that part of the work of the ministry will directly involve our fellow Christians. Uh, we are to minister in ways of praying for them, strengthening them, establishing them, teaching them, and encouraging them. So ministry will involve uh, lost people, reaching the lost, ministering to the lost, uh, teaching them about Jesus. Uh, but it will also involve our brothers and sisters in Christ in all of the ways that we just covered. I want to look at one more passage, First uh, Timothy one twelve. We can turn there. First Timothy one twelve. It says, "And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry." Now, Paul, he's towards the end of his ministry here. He has served God mightily over the last many, many years. And we see here that he is writing to Timothy that he is thankful for the ministry that Jesus has chosen for him to do. Uh, so what were uh, some of the ministry work that Paul did in these later years? Uh, what are some of the things that Paul did uh, as his ministry later in his uh, years there, Steve? Mhm. Right. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, Paul did a lot of writing uh over his ministry. And uh much of this writing is to give guidance and direction, uh also education, uh wisdom or knowledge, I guess you would call it, uh to the Christians in the area, to the churches. Uh, so Paul wrote letters to give guidance, directions to servants of God. Uh, he did that throughout his whole ministry and especially towards the end. Uh, like Steve said, when he was in prison, he couldn't exactly go out and fellowship with uh, the Christians anywhere. He couldn't go on missionary journeys, but he still served God. He still continued writing letters. He still continued giving guidance. Now, what what else and it kind of goes along with those, uh, with that. But uh, I've seen a couple other things that Paul did. Um, and uh, so I, I, I put down that he educated preachers and Christians. Uh, he specifically wrote to Timothy, a young preacher, um, to try to uh, give him wisdom and some direction and knowledge. Um, he also desired to encourage other Christians and preachers. Uh, those are all things that Paul did throughout his ministry. Uh, Paul did many things over the time of serving God. God used him in many different parts of the ministry, uh, from preaching and to helping and encouraging others. Uh, all of these things are ways to be part of the ministry. So now we have a biblical understanding of ministry. How do we apply this to our lives today? So how do we apply the work of the ministry today? Well, first of all, we are all called to preach the gospel of Christ. Uh, so that portion of the ministry that we looked over here uh, is something we can all be a part of. Uh, we should all be spreading the gospel. We should all be soul winners. Uh, we should all be telling the lost about salvation. Uh, we should all be actively involved in this part of ministry. Uh, second, concerning the teaching of scriptures, uh, so first, we're all called to preach the gospel. We know we can be involved in that part of the ministry. Uh, secondly, we can teach the scriptures. 
Because once we have an understanding of a passage, uh, whether it be a whole chapter, one verse, or, or just, a few, uh, just a part of a verse, uh, if we have an understanding of that, then we are then capable of teaching that verse to others. Uh, so in, in that can be on all different kinds of levels. You don't have to be up front of the entire church teaching. You could just be talking with your spouse or your children or, or anybody uh, about the Bible, and you can help teach uh, the Scriptures that way. So uh, all of us, many of us, can be involved in this part of the ministry. Uh, I do think that Christians tend to be a little hands-off in this area. Well, really in these both these first two areas, uh, soul winning and teaching the Bible. And I think this is primarily because of doubt or fear. Uh, we're going to have to just rely on Jesus to get us through because it's too important to ignore. Uh, if we have some doubt, if we have some fear, uh, pray to God. Give it to God. Let God take care of that. And then we need to just move forward in serving him in that area. Uh, it's just too important. We need to preach salvation. We need to teach the scriptures because this world desperately needs that. The lost desperately need Jesus. Uh, next, concerning being a minister or the gift of ministry uh, to Christian brothers and sisters, uh, I believe that this is very much a gift. Uh, I believe some people are very gifted in this area, and that's good and that's very helpful. Uh, all of us, uh, even the ones that aren't so gifted in this area, should at least be able to do some of these things or at least uh, try in these areas. Uh, we can always pray for others. All of us can always pray for each other. Uh, we can encourage each other. That's something all of us can do. There's, there's no real requirement there. Uh, it's just simply praying to God on behalf of other people. We can all do that. We can also encourage each other um, it, along the way as we're serving together. Even we're doing some type of ministry work or service together, you know, feel free to tell each other, hey, you're doing great. You know, that's encouraging. That's great. Uh, just uh, helping someone do something. You see someone else serving somehow or somebody else doing something, go over and help them. That's encouraging as well. All of us can be a part of that. Uh, the rest, I think, uh, is a little bit more of a gift from God. I think strengthening or establishing, teaching, uh, giving guidance and direction to others, uh, to Christians. I think those are a little bit more of a gift uh, from God. And God has chosen to gift some people in these areas. And if that's you, pray and look for ways to use these gifts to serve God. Uh, so that is the gift of ministry. Now let's move on to the gift of giving. Uh, the gift of giving, that's found in Romans chapter what? 12. I heard one person say it. Uh, it it's pretty much the same, so uh, you'll, you'll get it. You'll catch on. Romans chapter uh, 12. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 8. Oh, we'll start back at 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. So we're talking about giving now. Uh, let's start by talking about giving financially, giving of money uh, we will cover at the end here that that's not the only way you can give. 
uh, but I do want to start there. Uh, the first thing that we need to understand, the first uh, principle that we need to understand about giving uh, is that it all belongs to God to begin with. Uh, we're, we're specifically talking about money here, but that is, uh, you can you apply that to everything. Uh, it all belongs to God to begin with. So if you're filling out your paper there, that'd be number one under the gift of giving. It all belongs to God to begin with. Uh, God says that everything belongs to him. Uh, Exodus 19.5, he says, for all the earth is mine. God says, for all the earth is mine in Exodus 19.5. God says, whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. He says that in Job 41.11. And then in Psalms 24.1, uh, Psalms 24.1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So everything is God's. Uh, this includes everything that I have and everything that you have, everything in the world. Uh, it's God's. And, and we're specifically talking about giving money here. So uh, that includes money. It includes my money, your money, the world's money. It's all God's to begin with. So we need to have the right mind and the right heart before we can rightfully give uh, to God and give uh, for the work of the ministry. Uh, We need to understand that it is all God's to begin with. And he's given us some finances, some money to be stewards over, just like he gave uh, in the parable of the talents. uh, You know, those were given for them to look after and do the right thing with. Uh, that's what God does when he gives us money. Maybe it's our weekly or biweekly or monthly paycheck or whatever. That is God giving us something of his to us to keep track of, uh, to be stewards over. And then when we give money back, we're only giving back to God what he already owns to begin with. Now, uh, concerning giving in the Bible, the Bible tells us in a few places that we should give, uh, and it talks about a tithe, a tenth or a 10%. Uh, so concerning giving in the Bible, in Leviticus chapter 27, God is giving laws uh, to the children of Israel, and God speaks of tithing. And he does this a few times during this chapter. And in all these instances, uh, God says that it is holy unto the Lord. Uh, this passage is directly uh, is not directly speaking about money. Uh, It is actually talking about possessions because that is uh, what was needed at that time to sustain the work of the Lord. And that is what God required of them at that time. Uh, So that tithe there, uh, God says, was sacred. It was consecrated unto God. It was dedicated to God. It was set apart uh, for God. Now let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Second Chronicles chapter 31, and we'll start in verse 5. It says, as, And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and of all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all things, brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep 
and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God and laid them by heaps. In the third month they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Now, so we see in this passage that King Hezekiah, he's reigning. King Hezekiah did a lot of great things. He cleansed the temple, restored worship to God in the temple. Uh, this included keeping of the Passover. Uh, King Hezekiah also organized the priest for service, and he commanded that everyone give to the Lord. Uh, the king commanded that this given be done in obedience to the law of God. Uh, notice that when the king gave this commandment, the people immediately began giving tithes. Uh, they went and gathered everything that they had and began offering to the house of God. Also notice that they did this for four months. They didn't just do it one time and they were done forever. They continued doing it. They continued gathering and continued giving to God. Uh, these people did not give because they had to, although uh, they knew the law, they knew it was a commandment, but they gave because they desired to. That's why they kept doing it and they kept bringing and it was more, it was abundance, it said. They had the right heart about giving. Uh, so I believe that is number two under the gift of giving there. Uh, so I simply wrote that the people gave because they desired to. They had the right heart to give. Give you a second to write something down there that uh, has God lead you. But then we'll look at Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. It says, but woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye have to have done and not to leave the other undone. Uh, so Jesus here, he says uh, that these things ought to be done. Uh, Jesus here is correcting the wrong ways of the Pharisees and Jesus tells them that their intentions are in the wrong place. Uh, notice that Jesus does not say that they should not give. Uh, Jesus actually says the opposite. He says that they ought to give and to, they should also look after these other things as well. Uh, Jesus says to do both, which includes giving. So Jesus says that we ought to give, uh, that we should, and that should be proof enough that we should be giving. Uh, but we're given lots of examples throughout the Bible of people giving. Paul tells the church to take up offerings on the first day of the week uh, for support of the ministry and, and ministry work in the church there. Uh, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul talks about the church uh, supporting him, uh, and, and he talks about that financially, uh, so that he can keep preaching and teaching the Word of God. Uh, so that's a way of giving. We also have many Old Testament examples of godly men giving to God, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Hezekiah, and many others. Uh, there's plenty of uh, evidence in the Bible of giving. Uh, we know that all things are God's to begin with, and he then trusts us to be stewards over the things that he gives us, and that includes money. And we know that we should be giving out of these things that he gave us. Uh, we, we shouldn't just 
Uh, the Bible talks about a tithe, the 10%, but it also talks about offerings and gifts on top of that. Uh, we also uh, know that in Malachi chapter 3, it talks about giving and how God considers it robbery not to give. But also God says that he might just open the windows of heaven and bless us for giving. Uh, we'll take a look at that. Malachi chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 8. So if you uh, want to turn there, Malachi chapter 3. It says, starting in verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Isn't that awesome? God could bless you so much that you couldn't even receive it all. Uh, God wants us to give, and I fully believe that God wants to bless us for being obedient in this area of giving. And that's what I wrote down uh, under number two for Malachi 3, 8 through 10, that God wants to bless us for giving, which should be another motivation to us uh, to give. Uh, we, we've focused much of the time here on the financial side of giving. Uh, we can uh, give uh, to benefit ministry and the work of the Lord, but we can also give more than just money. Uh, we can give of our time and our abilities. Uh, so those are the other things that we can give. We can give of our time and our abilities. Uh, this will require us to give of ourselves and give ourselves to God and to give ourselves to others. We should be willing to give our time to God, not just in service to him, but also in helping each other, helping the church. We should be giving our time to take care of God's house and also take care of God's people. We should be willing to give our time and our abilities to help each other. We could talk about how they gave their time and their abilities uh, in the New Testament or in the Old Testament to rebuild the wall or rebuild the temple. We could also uh, talk about in the New Testament how Christians would give up their time and possessions and their abilities to take care of each other. And they went out of their way to take care of each other and to continue the work of the ministry and the work of Christ. Uh, the, the point is uh, that we should be willing to give. Uh, God has blessed each of us differently uh, in our lives, and some of us have you know, different ways that we can give. Uh, some can give more, some can give less. Uh, none of that matters as long as we are being obedient to God in this area. Uh, so let's use our abilities, all of our gifts, not just giving, uh, gift of ministry, and everything uh, that we've covered so far. Let's use our gifts to help each other, and let's use our gifts to serve the Lord. Let's close in prayer.